In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start today by saying something that probably does not need to be said, uh, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. Uh, I think it's obvious that we, we live in a broken world, don't we? And it seems as though it's, it's only getting worse. There's a lot of bad stuff going on lately. Uh, most of us have been waking up every day for the last few weeks to see pictures and videos of what quite literally looks like hell on earth, right? With those fires taking place out west. And it seems as though more and more people are dying and going missing with, with each passing day. And then it seems as though as each week there's another shooting, another mass shooting. Uh, lots and lots of innocent people senselessly being killed for no good reason. Uh, and then, of course, there's all of the, the just regular problems and messes that we wake up to that uh, appear in our newspapers and on our TV screens, violence in our own backyards and uh, places like Chicago and, and all of the political anger and rhetoric going on today. Uh, and, and then are, there are the problems that hit closer to home, the, the sicknesses and cancers that come to us or someone we love, the, the family bickering and, and fighting. I, I know some of us are looking forward to Thanksgiving next week, but I know for others of us it's a stressful time because we've, we have these family problems that have been brushed under the rug and that can be hard and stressful. We, we live in a broken world, don't we? And, and I don't know about you, but I think sometimes some of us just want to escape it all. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Just get in the car and drive somewhere where you could leave it all behind, at least for a little while. We, we try to do that sometimes, right? You might take a vacation, or you just stop watching TV, don't open the newspaper, because you just want to escape all of the pain, all of the hurt, all of the violence that fills our world. I, I think that's actually why, why we come to church sometimes. Uh, there's lots of reasons why you all are here today. Some of you are here uh, for coffee afterwards, I get it. Some of you are here today because your friends are here or because you like the music or, or for any uh, number of reasons. But I, I would guess that some of us are here today because we want to escape. But we feel like for at least an hour every week we can escape all the stuff going on out there. We, we come here uh, because we expect something different. We hear enough messages of hurt and pain and violence and shootings and fires and, and all of that. And we come to church so for a few minutes we can escape that to hear a message of peace and hope and comfort and love. We expect it to be different here. If that's the case, though, if, if we were looking to come to church today to escape, uh, I, I think most of us might have been a little disappointed by what our readings had to say to us if we were listening. The, the readings, specifically our gospel reading with what Jesus had to say, it, it's, it's not what we showed up this morning to hear. The, the message Jesus gives us is probably not something that we woke up this morning thinking, I've got to come to church to hear this message. Uh, the, the message we receive is, is not a message of hope and comfort and peace and, and love. It's, it's actually a promise of pain. <laughs> Jesus doesn't promise us today in today's reading that we will be healed and, and made whole. He promises us more hurt. He doesn't promise us to be saved. He promises us that there will be a whole lot more suffering. <laughs> the words of Jesus today, we, we might have heard them earlier and, and wondered, well, well, why did I come to church today? I, I came here so that I wouldn't have to hear about this kind of stuff. I get enough of it out there. Why did I come today? Maybe we wondered if we should have just thrown the cover back over our heads and and stayed in bed, at least we could have escaped that way for a few more minutes. The words of Jesus today, they were hard words. Uh, they had to have been hard for the disciples 
to hear when he spoke them for the first time, right? Uh, if you can remember how the story goes, in, in our reading, Jesus has been teaching in the temple for a while. Uh, we've followed him through that journey for the last few weeks, uh, heard a few of his teachings. But now Jesus has left the temple, and he's actually left it for the last time. He will never go back there in his earthly life. But, but he's barely left the temple and barely stepped outside when his disciples begin to marvel at the building that is God's house there. And, and they see it, and, and, and one of them exclaims, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. And, and they were right. that The temple was a sight to behold. Uh, the temple was the, the crowning jewel, the pride and joy of every Jewish person. It was something to see, especially for these disciples who were not exactly city folk. They were kind of Galilean backwater country boys, and every time they came to the big city of Jerusalem, they had to have been amazed at this building. In a world with no skyscrapers or any tall buildings, the temple would have stood out. It, it was amazing, and, and it had always been that way, but, but even more so in Jesus' day. You see, in Jesus' time, the, the temple was going, undergoing this massive renovation, restoration, King Herod, the ruler of the day, wanted to leave his mark on the world, and he decided that he was going to return the glory to the temple, as, as the first temple had been under King Solomon. And so there were massive renovations going on. It was an amazing building to see. Uh, it was made out of these stones, these massive stones, and, and this is even hard for me to imagine, but these stones were some 15 meters long and two and a half meters tall. They weighed between 400 and 600 tons each, and they would have been stacked one on top of each other, reaching up to the sky. These, these stones would have been covered in marble, laced with gold. In between them would have been these pillars of, of cedar wood that had been floated down the coast from this exotic world far away called Lebanon. This really was something to see. And, and you can tell in our reading, the disciples can barely hold in their amazement. But Jesus doesn't let them enjoy the moment for too long, does he? He, he kind of throws cold water all over their excitement. He rains on their parade. He's somewhat of a Debbie Downer, if I can use that term. He, he doesn't let them enjoy it. Uh, immediately, this is what Jesus says to them. He says, do you see all these great buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. <laughs> Talk about a party pooper, huh? Jesus uh, not letting them enjoy it. He doesn't come at them with a message of hope and, and love and compassion and forgiveness like, like maybe they were expecting from their loving Lord. No, he has harsh words to say. And you might expect, after Jesus looked at their faces, right, their confused, scared faces, I can only imagine the looks on their faces, you might imagine that our loving Lord would, would try to, to soften it, tone it down a little bit, maybe temper their fear, say, oh, never mind, it's not going to be that bad, guys. I'm in control. I got this. Don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. But Jesus doesn't do that. And in fact, after um, predicting the destruction of that magnificent building, uh, that, that sign of man's power and ingenuity that was the temple, after predicting that it was all going to come crashing down, Jesus pushes forward. And actually, it goes from bad to worse. Jesus has all sorts of other uh, violent, pain-filled predictions to make. Uh, these are, are just some of them that are, that are coming for the disciples in the day ahead, days ahead. And, and you have probably experienced some of these in our own world today. Maybe these sound familiar to you. But, 
But Jesus predicts in the days ahead there will be all sorts of false teachers that will try to lead God's people in all sorts of bad directions. He, he predicts that there are going to be wars and rumors of war, that nation will, will rise against nation and kingdom will battle against kingdom. Jesus says that there will be natural disasters, famines and, and earthquakes. He says that even families will be torn apart. Children will be fighting against their parents even unto death and and parents, in turn, will battle against their children and have them killed. Jesus predicts that for Christians, his followers, that they will experience a life of hurt and pain. Not a life of luxury and entertainment, but he says that his people will be dragged before the courts and, and flogged, some of them even killed, for the name of Jesus, which they believe in. But these are hard words, aren't they, to hear? This promise that Jesus gives of pain and suffering. Again, some of us are wondering, what are we doing here today? We, we know it, Jesus. We get it. Life is hard. Why did you have to bring all that here into, in, into this place that's supposed to be a, a respite, a, a place to escape all of that? But, but Jesus' words are important for us today. As hard as they are to hear, I believe that they are words we need to hear. They were, they were words that the disciples needed to hear. As hard as it had to have been for the disciples to, to stand at the foot of God's temple and hear everything that Jesus was predicting. It was important because, you see, within the disciples' own lifetime, all of this, all that Jesus predicts would come true for them. They, the disciples, would experience everything that Jesus promised. In, in the days ahead, there would be wars and rumors of wars. Nation would rise against nation within the Roman Empire. There would be war. Within the disciples' own lifetime, they would experience natural disasters. We know from history, secular history, that in Israel in this time, there were five major earthquakes and three giant famines. We know that families were fighting against each other. We know that Christians were being persecuted. Most, uh, all of the disciples were killed for their faith. We know that even Jesus' prediction of the temple's destruction came true in the year 70 A.D., it was completely and utterly wiped off the mat. Not one stone stood upon another, just like Jesus said. See, these are hard words for us to hear, for the disciples to hear, but they play an important role for us today. They leave us with an important message. And, and here's kind of what it was like. Uh, bear with me for a second. This is how Jesus' message, I think, is supposed to function for us today. This is why Jesus leaves us with these difficult words. Uh, here's what it's like. Uh, a, a number of years ago, when I was in high school, I, I went on a backpacking trip to Florida. And maybe I've mentioned this before, uh, but I went with my uncle who lives in Florida, and it was a wonderful time uh, to experience uh, things I had never seen before, plants and animals I'd never come across. And uh, we were about four or five days into that trip. Um, my shoulders weren't hurting yet. Everything was still all right. When, when we came across uh, a sign that looked like this, uh, we were just hiking down the path in the middle of nowhere, Florida, when we saw this. And let me tell you, this was not a sign that I wanted to see, that any of us wanted to see, right? This was not something we were hoping for. We would have been okay if we had never come across this sign. But you see, up ahead the path, there was a swamp, and uh, making its way over the swamp was a natural bridge. And that's where the alligators like to lie in the sun there. Uh, but again, uh, I would have been okay if, if we had never seen this sign, but the sign served an important purpose, didn't it? 
Uh, Because without the sign, we would have just been going on our merry way and we would have found ourselves in all sorts of trouble. It would not have ended well for us without this sign. Uh, Also, we we could have looked at this sign and just stuck our heads in the sand and and closed our ears and say, I don't want to see it, I don't want to believe it, and we could have just kept on going, but that wouldn't have turned out well for us either. This sign served an important purpose. It allowed us to to prepare ourselves, to get ready so that we could discuss, all right, what are we going to do here? What's our plan of attack? Are we going to keep on going? Do we want to turn around? Is there a path we can take that goes around the alligator's home? This sign was important for us, uh, just as important as Jesus' words are for us today. Jesus' message today, is as hard as his words are to hear, it's important not to scare us because uh, several times in our reading for today, Jesus says, do not worry, don't be anxious, don't be afraid. That's not why Jesus says these words. He says it to prepare us, to, to get us ready so that we can endure the trouble, so, so that we're not left wondering, God, what are you doing? Was this a mistake? Didn't you see this coming? Jesus is saying, yes, you live in a real world with, with real problems, and it's, and it's only going to get worse, but I, I need you to know what's coming so that you can be prepared, so that you can endure. Jesus' message today is a, a flare signal sent up, a warning shot fired of, of what is coming. He doesn't whitewash it. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He tells it like it is, but for our good. Uh, Jesus' message today is, is also kind of like this. Uh, I, I know some of you here today are parents. And I would guess as parents that there were certain things in your children's life that you wanted to shield them from, right? Certain discussions that did not need to be had, or at least they could wait, certain hard things going on in the world, certain things that you saw on TV that you thought, okay, my kids just don't need to know about this, we don't need to talk about it. But I would also guess that as parents, there were certain conversations, hard conversations that you needed to have. I pray that they weren't too often or that many, but, but sometimes you had to sit down. And maybe you had to talk with your children uh, uh, about how mom or dad had lost their job. And, and how things were going to change around home. They weren't going to be the same anymore. They couldn't be. Or maybe you sat down to say that mom or dad was sick. And, and you didn't want to have that conversation, but it needed to happen. Or maybe you had to sit them down and, and talk about how grandma or grandpa had died and they weren't going to be there anymore. And those were difficult conversations, one you hoped to have never had, but, but they needed to happen, right? And, and, and part of the reason to have the conversation was to say, yes, things are going to be hard, changes are coming, but, but I, mom or dad, will always be there. And, and I will always love you. And, and I will always be there with my arms to wrap around you. It'll be okay. Yes, it'll be hard. It'll be difficult. But, but do not worry because I'm there. Mom's there. Dad's there. And, and in a sense, that's what Jesus is doing with us, his children. He's sitting us down for this really difficult conversation, one that maybe he wishes he would never have to have, but we live in a real world with real problems and real pain, and Jesus is sitting down, us, his children today, so that we're not confused when we see all this hurt, so that we don't wonder, well, well, does this mean that God doesn't love us? Does this mean that he doesn't care, that he's just run away, never to come back? And and Jesus is saying, no, you're going to face these things, but I will be there. As your eternal parent, I'm there with my arms of love to wrap around you. He's reminding us that when the, the tough when the going gets tough, he doesn't get going. <laughs> See, in the days ahead for Jesus' disciples, things would get bad. In fact, it wouldn't be that long from the conversation that Jesus is having with them today. It wouldn't be that much longer 
until they would watch one of the most painful, hurtful, violent things they had ever seen, the death of their Savior. And Jesus wanted them to be ready for that. He wanted them to see that it was out of hurtful, painful situations that that he did some of his best work. He needed them to know that that the hurt and the pain and and the violence that we see in this world is is not some cosmic sign that they were on God's bad side. He he needed them to see that he would love them through it no matter what. He, He needed them to trust that out of really messy situations, even out of death itself, he could work the best of things for the good of his people. He could bring life and salvation out of something that looked impossible. So Jesus sits down with his disciples today and with us, and he doesn't sugarcoat it, he doesn't whitewash it. He, he admits we live in a real world with real problems, but he also reminds us that we have a real God who is there through those problems, who, who is bigger than the problems, and who will see us through to an eternity of love with him. I want to leave you with some words of Jesus that I know you've heard before. And they're not in our reading for today, but they are so fitting for the message that Jesus has for us today. What I love about them is their raw honesty. Jesus pulls no punches in, in the promise that I'm about to share with you. But what I love about it just as much is, is the reminder of the God we have uh, in the midst of our problems. Jesus once said this. He said, In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I, Jesus, have overcome the world. Brothers and sisters, I pray that you would hold on to that promise through the pain and the suffering. In his name, amen.